Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode 340 of Griff's Brain Dumps Me. Griff, obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? Where am I currently at this part of the podcast? I'm in Cambridge. I am just, well, I said just finished. No, I didn't. Um, went, came up here for a friend's wedding. And I'm in the uni halls here. And the uni halls here in Maddingly Hall is some of the grandest shit ever. I mean, inside the room is dated but it's still just of a higher quality than uh many uni halls that i've ever been to it, it feels like an old hotel outside they've got grounds and ponds lakes gravel driveways old castle looking buildings it's it's all mad it's all very mad I'm, i should take a picture of my room i'm in a, a view from my window but it's crazy to think these are actually university halls like drunk student had to stumble into this room at one point it's crazy crazy like i don't know how much this room must cost per week because it cost me 90 pounds for the day so it's going to be a premium put on it for a hotel room then it might even put a discount because it's going to be empty otherwise i don't know but it it can't be cheap but it's university graduation this week so uh they don't have a breakfast worth me going downstairs for just a continental breakfast a continental breakfast oh, can't go downstairs for a continental breakfast for some cereal i'm a big man can't be cereal can't be cereal i'm getting up for so i was gonna lay down and relax and continue relaxing for a bit but listen how's your week been so i'm been back on stage when last time I spoke to you guys was just before the gig in Reading on Thursday, my first gig back. Well, I've done it, did Reading, that was fine, MCing. Um, then I did a set in Peterborough on Friday, that was fine, that was more fun, felt more comfortable doing that than MCing. Um, and then, and then, and then, um, <laughs> and then uh, was at the wedding yesterday no work in there so it's pure guest which is lovely then sunday today oh big yours um kicking the backyard which i think i told you guys in the last pod so obviously the the window between the two pods not much has happened i mean uh <laughs> i mean tottenham smashed liverpool too <laughs> No, we didn't, we didn't smash them. I mean, I didn't watch the game, so I don't even know if, um, if Tottenham actually played well. Because all of the highlights, all of the tweets, all of the coverage has been about the red cards. But red cards are not... You still have to win the game in Tottenham won. So Spurs are second in the league, one point behind Man City. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Um... What else has happened this week? Nothing in my life worth noting. Um, oh, that's a lie. I handed in my notice on Friday. <laughs> uh, handed in my notice on Friday. Doesn't mean that Darren's quit his job. He's become a full-time comedian. Not in this day and age, mate. No. I need to make that money. Um, so, moving to a different property developer. Um called my line manager to tell him and then slapped it in the email 
I'm going to be honest with you guys, I use ChatGPT too. To draft my resignation, I can't be bothered putting any brain power into this. And I was like, ChatGPT, resignation letter. Here's a template. And this gave me a template. And then I just put my details in there. And uh, I think I changed one American word to a British equivalent. And that was it. So that, that'll do. <laughs> Signed it, sent it. We don't even have a real HR department. So I sent it to the company secretary as well. My line manager, so I guess that'll be disseminated across senior management whoever needs to see it. And that'll be that. That's crazy. My notice period is like a month. Um, so I handed it in on 29th, which means that um, I thought it was four weeks, but it's a month. So I had to hand it on a Friday because the 29th of October is a Sunday, which means that my last work day would be the 27th. See, if I waited till Monday, which is the first, then, uh, what is it, Monday? Monday would be the second, sorry, of October. If I handed my notice, then I'd have to work until the first of November, which ends up being like a Wednesday the following week. So I was like, no. <laughs> Let's get that in. So then I'll take a week off in between the jobs. And uh, that'll be that. So it's that, it's that month. And I think what I'll do in this month, it's funny, is um, I think a lot of people, when they hand in the notice, they turn to a bit of an arsehole. Not me. I'm going to be, this is a bit, a bit sadistic, but I'm going to be the best I've ever been at my job. I'm going to be like so good at it, really good, really good at it, and, um, and yeah, and so, so it creates a, just, a, just a bigger void, <laughs> for four weeks it's such a ridiculous, um, such a ridiculous um, notice period I think, I, think the st- I always thought the standard was three months, four was long but I thought that was the standard, every job I've had before has been three months. Every recruiter I've spoke to. So what's your notice period? And they go, I assume it's three months for someone at your level. I was like, no, it's it's a month. They're like, right, right, okay. okay. <laughs> Confused. But yeah, this is what it is. We'll see. We'll see how they, if they replace me. But like I said, I'm going to just get my head down, do my work. And that's it. Oh, gosh. Big yours, big yours. I had a little bit to drink yesterday. But I tried to be sensible and got sabotaged. Um, but my agreed. You see, what happened was this. I, I have a rule, a th- three drink maximum, which is the three types of drink. Obviously, I started with the Prosecco or the Bubbles. Bubbles count as one drink. Bubbles, so whether it's Prosecco, Carver, Asti, whatever. Champagne. Bubbles. They had bubbles. Then they had beer. And I was like, oh, those are my two drinks. And when I sat down for dinner, there was wine on the table. And we was debating whether wine counts the same as bubbles. So in, in the, imagine, in the, imagine a world where you're only allowed three types of drinks. You're making the law. Would you let wine come in as the same as bubbles? 
the general consensus was they're not the same. If you had to pick a wine, you should pick white wine if you're going to drink it with bubbles. But one of my friend's rules is as long as your drinks continue to get stronger, you're okay. I was like, I don't think that is a thing. <laughs> he said, just you're not allowed to go back down. You have to always escalate your drinks. I'm like, okay. Okay. You crazy nutter. Um, so then I thought, do what? Nope, do what I do. I'll just drink bubbles. And anyone who wasn't drinking their bubbles to the table said, You drinking that? I'll, I'll drink that. And then there was a mariachi band. So I thought, oh, let, me, let me go get my, grab a, another glass off the side. I'm just, I'm just mindlessly just sipping it and drinking it. And then it dawns on me as I finished it, it was like, that was wine. I was like, ah, shit. I, I generally feel that this pain in my head is wine. Nothing to do with the beers. Nothing to do with all the bubbles. Nothing to do uh, with the old fashioned and the Guinness. Guinness counts the same as beer. Nothing to do with the old fashioned that I drank. Uh, it was that little bit of wine. Spoke like a true boozer. It's never, it's never the excessive drinking. It's always one particular detail that makes you have a hangover, and that's that. But yeah, that was a good, great wedding. Uh, um, it wasn't even really a wedding. They, they'd been married for six weeks. They they made that very clear um, in the ceremony that yeah, this this means nothing, guys. <laughs> this is just a party. It was not fair enough. But that was good, very good. Um, right. So what has happened this week? We've got. Um, he's got to stab in in South London of the girl of the fifth. Is she fifteen? Is she fifteen? Year old girl. Now the details have shifted from what I from what I was told in the media to what I've been told by someone who works for the police. Well, I can't say who. Um, so the story that I've heard in the media. And let me try and find a recent one to see if that is still the current story because I don't want to be trying to give you guys breaking news and it's already a story that everyone already knows. Um, what is the girl's name? Um, I refuse to look at the shade bar. <laughs> no, I'm not above it. I mean, that is where I get most of my London news from. Um, like 15 year old girl stabbed bus. Yeah, you go. Um, three years ago, the independence. Yeah, so the story is that she rejects flowers. Um, that's what so that's the story that she rejected flowers. The story that, um, that person I know in the police said. Or how it's been reported to them is what happened is that there's two exes meeting each other to return each other's stuff. Um, she brought his stuff. He didn't bring hers. I think they brought flowers. And then she came for a friend. And what happened was that Seeing that he hadn't bought her stuff, they're like, fuck it, you're not getting your stuff back. And the friend grabbed the bag and ran off. 
and then the 17 year old pursued her and stabbed her not just once multiple times and murdered her so the ex-lover is actually still alive and wasn't unharmed i mean obviously i've been seeing her friend murdered in front of her but um so i'm not sure how that correlates with the with the news article um so yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure what if that actually correlates if the person in the police has mistold the story um yeah i don't know but it's crazy it's just a crazy loss of life either one of those stories is crazy um and it's what's not to make light of anything it's just what's the most annoying about it for me on the personal is it's the amount of people used to say things to me about kids and going no it'd be different it's different when you have kids it's different when you have kids it's different when you have kids i'm just like no i don't think you need to have kids to understand someone this topic or that topic i don't think you do but it has hit different in the sense of <clears throat> because if it, let's go with the media narrative of the story of just a girl rejecting files so she gets stabbed now what are you meant to tell your kids because i'm i'm thinking from the perspective of being the parent of the daughter because I know a lot of arguments when violence happens, especially a man against a woman or a boy against a girl. It's like, you need to tell the boys. It's like, cool, but that horse has already bolted. If the boy is walking around with a flipping knife, I doubt he's telling his mum or his dad, you know? He's not packing his bag and going to his parents. Oh, have you seen my knife? Have you seen my zombie knife? Oh, you left it on the washing machine. Oh, yeah, thanks. Stop leaving that around. That's not happening. Yeah? That person, that that thing has happened way back. I'm not raising a kid who carries a knife, so that, that's not for me to learn that lesson. Yeah, I think I'm pretty confident that I'm going to raise kids that don't carry flipping zombie knives on them. But I'm pretty likely to carry, um, to raise a child that may want to use the bus at some point and may want to reject some flowers from an ex and I don't know like you just can't you can't legislate against that in the sense of you can't prepare your kids for such animals on the street and yeah, I just don't know I don't know if this 17 year old mental health issues if he's just just raw criminal, is it that childhood trauma? Is it parenting? Is it I don't know, man. So that's the two things I think of when I hear these stories. I think of how I how would I navigate that as a parent to prevent my child from becoming a victim? And I can't think of an answer for that. And that's what makes it scarier. You know, like if your kid gets killed in a let's say it's the second narrative took the bag, ran. He's like, you can teach your kid, don't do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Tell me that 
or tell that person's parents that they haven't got their bag of stuff back. And then you go around and get it together. Um, but, yeah, you just can't. I think that's what makes it most scary. If your kid's in a gang, you know, you, you raise them to not be in a gang. And you know, your kid's acting like a bad man and then they get beaten up. Then you should teach them don't act like a bad man. But if you're just riding a bus and you offer me flowers, I don't want the flowers. You, you know what I mean? You can't. There's nothing you can tell your child. Not, no, that girl's gone. Flipping mad. Flipping mad, man. Um, Yeah. I know what do you do? And then the second bit I'm interested in is the origin story of that boy. What's happened to him to make him think that is a reasonable reaction? Have you seen what a zombie knife looks like? It's just... I don't know how you buy one of those. Where do you get one of those from? What's the, what's the real meaning for this knife? Because most of these things have a proper meaning. It's like... Literally be like gutting fish or something. Because it's got... What it does is it's this blade that goes in and then when you pull it out, it rips flesh in a jagged way. Just create maximum impact. It's a devastating, disgusting bit of weaponry. And I can make, I'm trying to think what is the practical use for it other than just a murder weapon. And it's yeah, I need to find out. Let me let's just Google, let's find out. What is um, zombie knife? Um, usage. What are zombie knives used for? There you go. Um, what is yeah? What is the what is the actual original use of it? Um, there you go. Okay. So on Wikipedia, well, it has the word "killer" written on the side in the um, yeah. So it's, it's so a zombie knife. It's a type of ornate knife or bladed weapon inspired by zombie films. These knives can range in size and shape but are commonly defined by having a cutting edge and a serrated edge. And the images or words, whether on the blade or handle, that suggest that that is to be used for the purpose of violence. Despite being designed for collectors and survivalists, uh, the appearance of the zombie knife led to their increased usage of criminality. Jesus. What's a survivalist? This is people who believe in zombie yeah, doomsday preppers, I thought so. Um yeah. So the first series of zombie themed knives were released in twenty eleven by American knife company KABAR. After a company official joke after the company official joked about the need of knives capable of killing zombies when firearms aren't available. 
Um, there is no set of six knives named Caron, Acheron, Famine, War, Pestilence and Death. Feature distinct neon green handles and a biohazard symbol. What on earth? Um, so commenting on the company's zombie knife line, CEO John Stitt stated that when ex- exhibited at a trade show, shot 2011 everybody laughed at us however the next year everything was green everything was zombie soon other manufacturers such as gerber joined the zombie craze and released their own zombie apocalypse inspired products <sighs> so it literally was just made made purely for violence i generally thought that i had some hope that it was like for gutting an animal or something but nope it's uh just what it's just flipping mental just mental that this thing even exists. It's depressing, man. It's flipping depressing. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to move on from that. Something light-hearted like Tupac's killer being arrested. <laughs> oh, someone's been arrested on suspicion of killing Tupac Shaka. 60-year-old man, Keith D., um, what? I, I saw a video of him basically said he was there, he saw what happened, he knows what happens. Kind of winks to say, I know what happens. Why Why do you snitch on yourself? He's got to be dying. He can't be that starved of attention where it's like, I've got away with this crime for so long. Because he wasn't telling this out of guilt. He was just kind of telling a story like he's in the corner of a pub. Yeah, I was there when Tupac died. So why, why, are you, why are you releasing this information, my friend? I suggest you be quiet. <laughs> Wild behaviour. But yeah, I mean, that's, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm just at this weird age where, um, like, Tupac's death wasn't really a thing for me. I was just a bit too young for that. So, you know, didn't really affect me. It wasn't devastating. I was my older cousins who were five years older than me. I admit, that was my memory of Biggie and Tupac dying. Was was uh, was their devastation. It was them being upset. Um and me thinking, who? <laughs> you know, what was it, 96? 96, please, died? Yeah, I was eight. Anyone who tries to claim they're listening to flipping West Coast rap music at eight years old, you need more parenting. <laughs> Unless you had older siblings. Uh, so we need more parenting, but yeah. Uh, so right, let's see if there's anything. Let's see if there's anything on X. Um, there isn't. There isn't anything on X, right? Part of me that wants to just press pause and just get ready and, and leave, but part of me goes, if I just get this done, I don't need to do this pod later, and it's just 
copy of admin off the desk. Let's do some DDG. Oh my god, this is actually hilarious. So, best man's wedding speech exposed uh, my new husband as serial cheat. Before I go into this, this reminded me, it's at the wedding yesterday. Uh, I, I know the groom, I know the bride, but I know the groom, and I know the, one of the best men. And this best man, he he started off making a joke about not swearing, and then he kind of went fuck that. And I was like, that's funny. Uh, but but okay, I thought that was the joke. This man said with pure clarity the line of, see, I'm, I don't feel uncomfortable saying it. And this is my pod. This isn't even a pod for children. Um, if you've got children, if you listen to this in a car, turn this off now. What I'm about to say. <laughs> said in his speech, he's, well, he's quoting a character in the speech, but it's, uh, he said, fuck those English cunts with pure clarity pronunciation. Then he went on and told this really long story about the group. Uh, about meeting two girls on a night out kind of mumbled and drifted that they didn't see him for hours and hours and hours um, and how he came back and said that his wallet was stolen and there was no end to the story there's no punchline there's nothing that made the groom look like a good guy and all that was in my head was what happened to the two girls and the thing that was so fucked up about the story is you can see the bride going to the groom like, what the, what the fuck? And the groom's like, I'd have, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and all of us at the table was like, why has he created this air of ambiguity about, why is there still like two girls at the wedding? And we can understand about the groom. Is, you know, there's like, there's actually some like good guys. But I, I think I'm a good guy now, but I haven't always been a good guy. Dad, growing up, whatever. Bit of rascal behaviour when I was younger. This guy has been like continuously a good guy. Like f- through uni, after uni, he's, he's just a good guy. So he probably didn't do anything with these two girls. He probably he probably helped. I'm not even joking. I'm not even chatting shit. He he probably like, helped him get a cab home or something weird like that, and then got his what it's whatever but the point is you'd think the story's going to make him look like a good guy but it's left this air of ambiguity i think sometimes best men forget that this speech is not a roast of your friend to expose inside jokes about your boy to all your other mates it's not just that you've got to remember that there is a whole 50 percent of people in this room that know the groom as the bride's the bride's boyfriend, now the bride's husband. They don't know him. Your speech is meant to give an idea of what they're like. And as much as you can give them the banter, you can't be making out that they've, that they've just been smashing girls. Because it makes everyone look like a dickhead up there. You, make the groom look like a dickhead, make the bride look like a dickhead for marrying that guy. Um... And then dropping a C bomb. There was kids there. 
it, it was wild, absolutely wild. Um, when I spoke to the group after, I go, oh, that speech was interesting. He goes, oh, mate, he goes, um, he goes, unbelievable. He goes, just, just too far. <laughs> he goes, he's done. <laughs> he's done. <laughs> and then when I spoke to the best man, he goes, yeah, all, all the group kept on saying was, yeah, too far, mate. Yeah, too far, mate. Yeah, too far. And he's just like, he, yeah, you got to grow up at some point. Oh, but it was, it was hilarious to watch from for someone who didn't have any uh, no repercussions. <laughs> but wild, unbelievable. But let's get to dear Deirdre. Best man's wedding speech. Exposed my husband as a serial cheat. Deirdre, dear Deirdre, it was the first I had heard about my husband cheating on me when his best man joked about it during the speech at our wedding. This is ridiculous, man. He told how my now husband has sent pals graphic reports on his many conquests while away travelling on his own. It was news to me and I felt devastated and humiliated. While I put on a brave face for the rest of my wedding day, as soon as we woke up the next day, I demanded the truth. I'm 31, my husband's 33. Two years ago, he went solo travelling around Southeast Asia with my blessing. Jeez. He had become burnt out while working as a management consultant and did not know what to do with his life. So I suggested he go backpacking for six months. He had an amazing time and we regularly spoke. I even went out and stayed with him for three weeks when he was in Vietnam. Wow. That is unbelievable selflessness that I just don't have. I thought the experience had strengthened our relationship and helped us appreciate each other more. I mean, that's probably true. That probably did happen. Um... In a strange way, him smashing all these women while travelling. You probably thought, eh, there's something else out there for me. <laughs> Little did I know, he was shagging his way around the world and even sent his mates detailed reports on the women he was having sex with. See, that's so daft. Like, cheat like an adult and just keep it to yourself. Like, we, we, even when you're younger, what are you telling everyone for? Cheating or not cheating, just when you just get in with people, why tell him people you got with this girl? Just no one needs to know. That's nothing I'll be telling my kids. If you sleep with someone, yeah, you don't need to tell people. You don't need to, you don't need to tell anyone you sleep with that person. Nah. You know? If it generally is going to alter the course of someone else's behaviour, like your friend is now going to get into a relationship with this person, then you might need to tell them. But, um, yeah, but there's actually no need to tell people. How's last night? Got his birth. Why? 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 You don't actually have to say anything. I guess we like, we like the gossip, don't we? We like the gossip. Anyway, so when his best man teased during his speech, we don't expect a report card from your wedding night, like when you're in Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, and Laos. But just make sure you do give her the same love and attention. My heart tumbled. I blurted out, but we were still together then. My husband looked shaken, gallowed at his best friend and insisted he's just joking. But there it was, the damage was done. The next day my new husband admitted he'd slept with 10 other women but said none of them meant anything and he was just getting frustration out. <laughs> Boy, it's rough. He says it was in the past and we need to move on. No, mate. That was over a month ago. I veer between feeling I will be able to get over it and feeling utter 
feeling utterly devastated and confused. Uh, it's mad because it's one of those ones that generally, if you didn't know, you could just move on. You just you just move on with life. And I know it's not good to not tell people things, but it's like you actually didn't need to know at that point. You needed to know when you came back from the trip. That's when you needed to know. The mad thing is, it's like I said, when when a man cheats on a woman, a woman's faithful. I think it annoys women more because they literally offer dick all the time. <laughs> Even if they don't know they're being offered dick all the time, they're being offered dick all the time. Literally, when the Amazon guy comes, uh, is this package for for uh? I'm just the girls, is this package for Jess? So yep, yeah, he's offering dick in that moment. You go to Subway. I can take your order, please. That man's offering dick in that moment. He's offering dick. <laughs> oh, mate. You go to mechanic, get your car serviced. They're like, yeah, have it back to you end of today. Can collect it probably around five thirty. That man's offering dick. <laughs> A lot of apps. So she went six months being offered dick. Your man's just out traveling. He's probably smashing all these girls. No, he's not. He's not like that. Okay. Unbelievable. I'm doing, but how do you get over it? Well, now you know. I mean, you're married. You question you've got, you've got to work backwards. Are you actually going to get divorced? Are you going to leave him? The answer is no. Then, um, I don't know. I think you just got to be frank. Be like, what is it that will make me get over this? If he's not willing to do that, then yeah, you guess you have to end it. But, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you... I don't know. Ten times. Oh, on the wedding day. It's the embarrassment. Oh, God damn. Probably got a wedding video as well. Each time you watch that wedding video, that's going to be brought up again. No. It's done. It's done. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's done. Just, just leave it now. It's fucked. That is... That's a mess. Right. I can't go back. Reception is that hotel I stayed at. It's pursuing me and I feel uncomfortable. Too many porn movies, man. Too many porn movies. Uh, I remember I stayed at a hotel while working, like, probably like 10 years ago now. And receptionist was so fine. She was so good looking. And I had a nice room as well at this hotel. And all the videos I've watched on the internet meant she was going to deliver some shit to my room. No, she just did the job. <laughs> and I just felt way too uncomfortable to flirt in any real way because I have to stay at this hotel and that's just embarrassing behaviour. But here's the thing, the receptionist had put it on me. Oof, who knows what happened. So this is interesting, it's the receptionist that is pursuing the guests. So a month ago I went back to my family's town for a cousin's funeral. Um, I stayed at a budget hotel and had a receptionist pursuing me and I feel uncomfortable. Oh, is this like a whole GDPR breach? This is mad. I want to go back to see my family again, but this guy has put me off. I'm 27. This man looks in his 30s. He emailed me asking me on the date. He said he couldn't ask me in front of the other staff, so check my booking details later to get uh, my contact information. Report him. There you go. Done. Just report him. GDPR. 
GDPR breach. Um, yeah, just getting sacked. He told me as I as if I should be impressed, but I only felt creeped out. Now I'm too uncomfortable to stay again. Yeah, so simple. Simple. That's a very simple solution. You just go to the company website, report him for that. Take a screenshot of the email. Um, the guy's dumb and he said how he got your email address. And you just report him and you get him sacked. And then you can stay at the hotel now because he's never going to be able to work at that hotel again. Very simple. Not to be disrespectful, he's a receptionist at a hotel. They will replace him quick time. Quick time. Um, right, last one. Um, actually, no, there's, there's two more. Let's see what I want to do. So, penultimate one. Left out. My fiance is going on holiday with her family, and I'm not invited. <laughs> Am I overreacting, or is my fiance taking the meat? I'm 27, she's 26. We've been in a couple for three years and lived together for a year. She's going to Hawaii before, before Christmas with her family, and I haven't been invited. I felt slighted. Sure, if she wants to marry me and spend the rest of her life with me, she would want me to go on this dream holiday also. Are you willing to pay your own way, though, bro? I'm pleased for her as she has always wanted to go, but now she, her parents, and two sisters have booked tickets. I'm wondering if they have an issue with me. Bro, if you're not a part of the family, you're just a boyfriend at this stage. Like, are, are the sisters bringing their partners? No. The sisters, I just read, they haven't. So, bro, it's nothing to do with you. That family gone this holiday. They they existed before you you existed. They exist for you with the idea. Let them go on their family holidays. Probably something they've spoken about around Christmas dinner tables for twenty years. And now you've your big ego. You've been with the girl for three years. You think you deserve to be on the family holiday, dickhead. You're not even married. You can split up literally on the holiday. And that just got you there, kind of funk and a bad mood. Go away. You fucking baby. Anyway. <laughs> Last one, dear Deirdre, I've had a shocking realisation after having a threesome with my wife. My wife and I decided to kickstart our sex life by having a threesome with another man. Did it wrong. It did the trick. We have loads of sex again. The problem is I feel guilty and worried that I enjoyed it too much. I'm 38, my wife is 36, we've been married for 11 years. A couple of years ago, the intimate side of our relationship grounded to a halt. I was stressed at work. I just didn't get sexually excited anymore. I still fancy my wife. I couldn't rise to the occasion. It caused a lot of tension upset and I, I was worried over she was doomed. Then my wife suggests we try a threesome with another guy. It had always been a fancy of hers. I'm open minded so agreed that we found someone online. Good. We didn't just pick someone from like, her office. I was nervous beforehand. Uh, yeah, she didn't just have someone ready and waiting. Um, I was nervous beforehand, worried I would be jealous and I know to perform, but the opposite happened. It was so exciting that I got the most turned on I've been in years. To my surprise, I found the other man's body really arousing. Oh, you're gay. <laughs> um, and no, oh, bye. And watching him make love with my wife was even more of a thrill. We didn't have sex, but he touched me while I was having sex with my wife and I liked it. I touched him too. Jeez, this is crazy. Not saying it's crazy to do some other guy. I mean, it's crazy to realise this at 38. Um, since then, my wife and I have been having the best sex of our relationship. She has no idea that each time we do it, I fantasise about the other guy. I've never had any interest in men, but I'm starting to wonder if I might be gay or bisexual. 
jeez, maybe you are. Um, that's what you do. You do a little feelers, like a little joke. You do a little joke, and it's just like, should we do it again? And then, uh, and be like, oh, you know, what would you do if I did that with the guy? Huh? And then she's like, oh, that would weird me out. Huh? <laughs> Joking, banter. It actually, you've got to be honest about who you are. So you have to tell her that's what you're thinking about. Problem is, is you might unlock something in your head and you can't close that door again. And is she going to be comfortable with you going full out of a dude? You might not even want to go out full out of a dude. Do you know what? I think you just need to say, look, I want to do it again and I'm going to be more adventurous. And she's going to say, cool, because she's going to think adventurous means you're going to like wear a hat. And then when she sees you just going full out of the other dude, she might scream. And then you might, well, okay. I mean, you smashed him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. She doesn't really have a leg to stand on. So, yeah, man. I think, uh, I think that's what you do. You just be open. And uh, otherwise, you're just going to be just weird and frustrated. And you're going to end up just doing something crazy and reckless. So just be honest. And that's it. That's my suggestion, man. That's, that's the end of the pod, people. That is the end of the pod. I'm flipping knackered. I need to get showered and get on the road. Uh, I'm happy to have got this bit of admin off my desk. Nice one, guys. I'll catch up with you next week. Peace.